Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Ten morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's 17.6 degrees in the city right now, heading for top of 19. A bit of rain around, precipitation, pretty dark clouds in the southern suburbs. And a dark cloud over the Carlton Football Club, as we've been hearing all morning, of course, wherever you've been tuned in. David Teague's tenure is gone and done and dusted at the Carlton Football Club after 50 games. Probably the worst uh, handling of a departure in the modern time, and we'll be heading to Icon Park shortly. Of course, it will be Ross Lyon. There's no doubt about that. I've got a comment to make, or three. Chris Clafunas is in the producer to the stars, Gillian Goss, inspiring stories, but his main line of income comes from the sporting Goss. Good morning. Good morning, Goss. How are you? Yeah. I'm really good, thanks. That's Th- good. Thanks for asking. You're looking good. No, well, I feel really, really good. Hey, look, there's a bit of breaking news uh, in regards to a waffle coaching ranks and the NBL coaching ranks. More on that shortly. Ooh. What have we got coming up? Okay, well, we've got plenty coming up uh, this morning. In fact, jam-packed show. So Sarah, Ol- Sarah Ollie from Fox Footy is going to join us very shortly to talk about, of course, the departure of David Teague. So She's at the ground. She's she at Carlton is Edwards. right there uh, in the thick of it. Tony Butti, the Minister for Finance, Lands, Sport and Recreation, Citizenship and Multicultural Interests. Uh, we'll focus on the sport and rec aspect of his gig. Of course, after the uh, the announcement from Gillan McLaughlin yesterday around the grand final, hopefully coming to Perth if uh, the MCG is not uh, able to be used. Ben McKinley, he was the answer to the guess who yesterday. And by popular demand, we got him on. Looking forward to this chat. Sent him an email yesterday. He sounded confused as to why he was the answer for a, a guess who competition, but it was all uh, kind of tongue in cheek. So he should be a good value. Ben Popham, gold medal yeah. in the Paralympics last night. Slow start as normal. Cause he doesn't have the power of the blocks, the legs. Mm. That's his uh, disability. And, but boy, oh boy, does he finish? And, uh, Got the long hair flowing. The family were up there in June. It was good viewing last night. I really enjoyed it. And congratulations to Ben. It was fantastic. Uh, so looking forward to chatting with him just after 11 o'clock. Riley Morgan for the life of a Riley. Yes, get your pens ready. Find some winners. And Tommy Randall from Tickford Racing to talk all things motorsport. Just quickly, uh, I don't know if you saw this stat floating around the last couple of days or so. After 50 games as a senior coach, uh, they've compared David Teague, Damien Hardwick and Alistair Clarkson. Teague, 21 and 29. Hardwick, 16 and 33. Mm-hmm. Clarkson, 18 and 32. Mm. So stats, pretty good reading. Yeah, look, he would be really hurting, uh, although he probably was prepared for it. I don't think it, you know, he didn't walk into a – it wasn't blindsided by any stretch. But very good assistant coach, and you'd do a lot worse than have him in your system. Now, there are spots up for grabs. He has got a record. He has got history here in WA. Could do a lot worse than have a senior coach and a man who knows how to be a, a senior coach. I think he'd be a good loyal person. Mm. Um, Fremantle will have a spot. Yep. Um, West Coast have definitely got a spot. Yep. Because Adrian Hickmott's Hickmott. gone. There'll be some changes. He's, he knows the WA landscape. He could do a lot worse than. I'm not saying he's a certain he'd come back to WA, but I hope he's not lost to footy. Uh, because I think there's some quality about David T. I think, like you say, his stock is actually pretty high, and people around the industry have, you know, been pretty vocal about how 
poorly he's been treated by Carlton. Oh, so terrible. I think that will might even play into, uh, you know, clubs looking at him and, and keeping his stock nice and high, especially as an assistant. The audacity of uh, Ross Lyon last night on Footy Classified to be mentioning uh, the pylon and the smear campaigns and the whole lot. One thing I didn't hear from Ross Lyon last night on Footy Classified was an apology to David Teague for speaking like he was done and dusted. Ross, to say sorry that you made a mistake, not to talk about pylons and um, smear campaigns, and uh, if I had my time over again, and I don't believe in hypotheticals, you would have gained a fair bit of support and a bit more, you would have been a bit more on the moral compass of many if you'd actually said, sorry. This was Ross Lyon last night on Footy Classified about the Carlton job. So let's let's have a look at what we do know, Ross. There, there, it was a bit of a pile-on. Um, David Teague's manager referred to what you did on this show as grubby. And there's also been a look back on what went on at the Fremantle Football Club and obviously centering on one particular incident, a personal incident. Um, I, I would say it's been a bit of a smear campaign led by some. I know you've taken calls from various media people. How, how do you feel just, about that? Just before you go further with that, Caroline, I just want to actually go, because I, I, I rang and checked this out so, because I knew this would come up tonight. And when this was happening in, in the West, before you answer your own question, Ross, the, and I quote, The AFL Integrity Department conducted a full investigation and there was no finding against you. Is that... Now, that's... Yeah, look... That's accurate. Look, I'm disappointed at the timing of it, as my name gets bandied about, but, look, I understand how things work and the reality is I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for for a whole bunch of reasons that I don't want to go into, but what I can say is... And I said at the time when I addressed things in Fremantle, the, the duress and the hurt that a lot of parties were feeling, I I felt terrible about. But what I I need to say is there was a respectful and confidential... I want to get this right, so I've Uh just written three. There's a respectful and confidential resolution reached and designed to protect all parties. And the reason it's respectful as well is because it is confidential. So my my intention is to respect that and, and not comment any further on it. You said you're disappointed it's come out now. Were you surprised? Did you expect, if you did step back into the coaching fray in any way, that this would happen? Look, I think that's a really good question. I, it's something that I've carried with me and that I'm aware of and that I'm sensitive to, and I don't want to injure any party either. So um, I'm aware, as I step foot back in, with that, that it would be raised and I would need to um, just... Just talk about it like I have now. Would you talk about it to any football Well, club? I'm restrained in that. Um, it's been two and a half years. Um, and, and I'm not in a position to... By their very nature, they're confidential and respectful. And I'd like to say it, it needs to stop here. So okay. I, I, I feel I've got a lot of personal capital within the industry. I've coached 13 years as a senior coach, 10. Not here to validate myself, because even you do that, here he is validating himself. But I've worked hard for a long time to earn a reputation... Um, I'll protect that reputation as I need to, but I feel I've got a lot of personal capital and I would like the opportunity to build on that personal capital and conduct myself in the manner that needs to be done as a senior coach of an AFL club if I was lucky enough that someone approached me. Because at the minute, there is no job. Because Collingwood, even that, like, that call did happen and so all of a sudden I'm lying. So 
I just feel there is no job. And if there was, if I was lucky enough, I'd like to think I would go through a process and, and see if I could come out the other side of that process. The last three or four days, Carol and Ed, so I wasn't here last week, but it was all Ross was all the rage, and I understand fully while David's still the coach, Ross isn't going to talk about it anymore. But the last three or four days has been that Ross will not be chosen by Carlton. But you two tonight sit here differently and, and oh, still believe... I believe Ross is still very much in the frame and um, Sam McClure, who's just given it that report about the Carlton board, I believe is of the same view. Ed, um, you, look, you're, well, I don't know who you're talking to, but I heard, I think, Damon Barrett, senior AFL journalist, I think went on radio today and said he th- thinks Ross is completely out of the running. I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I would go as far as to say at the moment I think Ross is favoured for the job. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, that's my information. People have heard our information over the last few weeks. It's been not only pretty spot on, it's been 100% spot and on. And I promise you that's not coming from Ross. For the second week in a row, a love-in for Ross Lyon and virtually no respect for David Teague. Sarah Ollie is at Carlton headquarters with the news today that uh, David Teague has parted company with the football club one year shy the end of his contract. And Luke Sayers has just released the outcomes of an independent football department review of which our man from SEN, Matthew Pavlich, was a part of. Sarah Ollie from Fox Footy, Fox Sports, has been kind enough to take our call on a bit of a crazy day out there at Carlton. Sarah, what's the mood like at Carlton headquarters? And thanks for joining us. Oh, good morning, Tim. And I've just received an email to say that Luke Sayers and Kane Little, they will be speaking at 12.30 AEFT on Zoom. So that will be very intriguing and compulsory viewing, I'm sure. But, um, God, if you want a metaphor for how things are at Carlton, there's cranes everywhere. They're knocking down the stands. Everything's under repair. So that's <laughs> very apt here. But, um, yeah, look, we've got all the news crews are down here, of course. This is such a big story that's been bubbling away for really... Well, it feels like months we've been speaking yeah. about it, and I guess it's been since June 12. That was the day that Luke Sayers, who was then the incoming president, he announced there would be an external review into the football department, and really it has just been completely tumultuous since then. And this morning, David Teague, he drove out at 9.30 and drove out for the last time. Yeah. So just in general terms, Sarah, the the view of the way it's been handled, and I know you're a journalist more than first and foremost, so it's not probably not an opinion based from yours, but just for someone who's at the coalface of footy over there in Melbourne like you are, um, it's been really poorly handled, hasn't it? I mean, as a football club, are they somewhat, the, for the want of a better description, the laughing stock? Yeah, well, I've been listening to talk back this morning, and it's not always the best barometer, but Carlton fans are are really angry because I think they just think the whole process has been pretty undignified. Mm. I mean, a lot of them are pointing the fingers at the media, but I just think this is a creation wholly of Carlton's because so often David Teague was, you know, crying out for support and he never got any backing from the board. So I think David Teague leads with his head held high and um, his moral compass very much intact. But, yeah, there's a lot of groundwork to do here at Carlton when it comes to building the culture back up again and I think Nick Rickwell spoke about that last night on AFL 360 and he thinks that that could be something that uh, lingers into the new year so lots to play out here still and I'm fascinated to see what Luke Saves and Kane Little have to say in just about 20 minutes I think. Yeah, well, the last time a coach, uh, well, in similar circumstances, Ross Lyon departed Fremantle. The CEO went on the same day, so I'd be interested to see what uh, the future holds for Kane Little. Obviously, mm. Luke Say is not going mm. anywhere. Um, just in regards to, obviously, it's now they've got to move quick. They've got to find a coach, 99.99% recurring, that it's going to be 
Ross Lyon. Um, and if you're trying to rebuild culture from someone who's worked in the same state as Ross Lyon, good luck with that. Um, just, uh, just in regards to, to, to Ross's uh, part of all of this, and, and, I, and, I've, and I've listened back at his performances on footy classified again last night and the previous week and there's not one part of him that says sorry to David Teague. I apologise to David Teague for speaking, probably answering questions I probably shouldn't have answered 24 hours ago and last night even on footy classified it was all about Ross and the treatment of Ross and the pile on effect. It was a very much a love in, even from Caroline Wilson which I find difficult. She's a hard-nosed, brilliant reporter but to see her sort of say it's been a smear campaign um, I'm not so sure that's the case and I think Ross has got enough uh, capital in the market from uh, former St Kilda players who he coached who are in the media. Uh, he's got a lot of good connections over there. I've got a feeling he's going to be given a bit of a nice, bit of a red carpet treatment on his arrival into the job. Um, do you subscribe to that theory or am I, am I, am, am I looking through <laughs> blinkered purple eyes from our time over here in WA? Well, you seem to know a bit more than I do, Tim, in that <laughs> department, so I can't speak too much to that. But I do find it strange that he said that he won't pick up a phone call from Collingwood, or, or he did pick it up, but he said he wasn't interested because he thinks that it's a bit of a basket case there at the moment. I mean, dealing with Carlton for the past couple of months, they've been equally as <laughs> much a basket case. So that in itself is interesting. So, of course, he's been the name that's been associated with David Teague's job for as long as we've been talking about it, really. I mean, Nathan Buckley is another one who I wouldn't be surprised if he throws his hat in the ring, and I wouldn't wow. be surprised if Carlton give him a phone call. Of course, we know he has those links with Jeff Walsh, the former footy boss at the Magpies, and he was one of the members of the three-person panel who added up the external review. So, I mean, I hope for Carlton supporters that this club does their due diligence and actually puts this out to tender because they have a history of disappointing coaches and appointing some big names, and it hasn't worked out for them. In fact, David Teague, the ninth coach they've had, since 2000, and you might be able to hear that's just a crane going past again, Tim, so <laughs> it's all happening down here. <laughs> uh, someone on the text line has just said, Sarah, Ross gets appointed, they start winning and everything is forgotten. Um, uh, yeah, well. Uh, well, look, everyone tells me how uh, what a great game day coach he is, and then I hear other people say, well, that's all very well and good, but he's never won a premiership as a coach. No, the only thing I will say, though, is if you look at Carlton's spine, they do look like a team that perhaps could have a real jump up next year. Like, they do yeah. have some good talent when you think about, you know, Harry Mackay, the, uh, the Coleman medal winner, Jacob yeah. Wiedering, who's probably going to be All-Australian, and then, of course, Sam Walsh in the middle. So they do have some, some good players, and maybe under a coach who gives them a bit more toughness, I'm not sure, a bit more tough love, maybe this is a team that can make the leap, but who knows? We are informed that Brad Lloyd does remain as Carlton's head of football. So there's some news coming in there. So Brad Lloyd will remain. Oh, and does he have a relationship with Ross Lyon, Tim? Uh, yeah, he was at Fremantle at the time, yep. Yeah, okay. How did they get along? I think they got on fine, yeah. I don't think there was an issue. Okay, whatsoever. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Sarah, <laughs> don't get me started on relationships and Fremantle and uh, Ross Lyon. <laughs> he, he, came, he, he came here not liking me. And he departed not liking me even more, and that's okay. But uh, you can take all the the spin, you can take all the quirkiness, you can take all the post-match press conferences, you can take the misdirection, the protection, and the redirection of life, the re-stumping, the re-plumbing, the rewire. You can do whatever you like with Ross Lyon. He's yours now. Deal with it. 
Well, in good news, it looks like you're going to host the grand final. Yes. So there's something to cheer about over in yeah. the West. <laughs> but we're not I, – I, I must say this, and it's, and I've been looking at social media and there's been some high-profile people who have been attacking WA for rejoicing in the, in the pity of what's happening in Victoria. We're not. We know where the grand final belongs. It's just nice to have an alternative where the players can be rewarded with 60,000 at an amazing stadium that gets beamed into the east because there's no WA teams in it. We are just merely waiting for the opportunity to fill the boots and fill the role that would normally be given to the MCG, and rightfully so. We are not beating our chest about it. There might be some over-the-top in newspapers and some nice graphics <laughs> and some quirky Mark McGowan and Roger Cook, the health minister, and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, we would much prefer to see the grand final in Melbourne. Well, I'd much prefer to see the grand final with a crowd. So I'm glad that it's going west. West is best this year, and I think Optus Stadium will put on a really good show. Good on you. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate your time. Watch out for that reversing truck. Yeah, I think it's coming for me now. Okay, bye. <laughs> Sarah Ollie from Fox Footy, Fox Sports, uh, kind enough to give us the time. So there it is there. David Teague has left the club. Uh, Mike from Woodlands. Goss, you obviously don't like Ross Lyon, which is fine, but if you think Carlton might be a better football team under Ross rather than Teague, you're a little crazy. I'm not saying that at all, but it's not just about coaching, Mike. It's not just about coaching. It's people skills, man management. Ross Lyon, everyone I speak to, no, no, not everyone. A lot of people I speak to think Ross Lyon is an outstanding game day coach, but it comes at a price. He's got deficiencies in his game. Now, his performance last night on Footy Classified, for me, it was all about him. Caroline Wilson was involved in that last night, and to an extent, Eddie, who I've got wonderful respect for. Bottom line is, all, and I saw it, and, I, and all I saw was another support network for Ross Lyon to get back into coaching. And he is, and I have said this, I have said this, we might actually go back to the May the 4th. We might go back to May the 4th. He's too good a coach not to be in the system. But it should never have been at, a, at the cost of a young man who had another year to run of a contract, who hasn't had a free run at it. And I think the pylon and the campaign to get, David Teague out of a job has been far greater than that for Ross Lyon into a job. So Ross might feel hard done by, and I, I'm not walking around the streets of Perth right now looking around, looking for people that might want to lift the lid on what happened at Fremantle. Yes, there was an incident at Fremantle. Yes, uh, all parties have agreed that it would stay under wraps. There was a settlement. That's not what I'm talking about. There's there's other moments of Ross Lyon that I look at that go, that's not your finest hour. Now, there are assistant coaches, there are players, there's always angry people in football clubs. There's angry people in, in our industry, in media as well. My view is that Ross Lyon is too good a person not to be coaching. Too good a person not to be coaching. But what I will say is, for him to say there's been a smear campaign with a bit of assistance from Caroline Wilson and there's been a bit of hate and pile on for Ross Lyon. Really, Ross? Ross, you've got a lot of people over there working in Victoria who love you. You coach them. They are now firmly ensconced in the media. And you have got the biggest free hit and free kick that any bloke will have to re-enter the system. Because you always had your connection to Victorian media. You made sure on repeated occasions you made yourself available to those in Victoria and I've said it once and I'll say it again. 
There was a, an enormous amount of disrespect for the WA media when Ross Lyon was coach here in Perth. He had some favourites, but for the best part, he just didn't respect the way we went about things. Super coach, absolutely. Quirky, crazy, whatever, provided us with great fodder. The bottom line is those in Melbourne love him and he's about to enter the system again and they're going to have to judge him on his performances and he's going to have to judge them on their performances on the media. Let's go back to May 4. Let's just let's just go back to May 4 on the text from Deborah. I was so disappointed when Frio appointed Ross Lyon. I feel for David Teague and feel for Carlton. Let's hope they don't appoint him as coach. Well, they're going to, Deborah, but thank you very much. This was May 4 here on Sporting Girls. He's too good a coach not to be coaching in the AFL. And I genuinely believe that unless he says, I categorically will not be coaching, then I've read between the lines with Ross before and pretty much I've read the tea leaves right before. And he might disagree with that, but I reckon I haven't been too far wrong. Bottom line is, I genuinely believe that Ross Lyon will coach in the AFL again. What's the date? May the 4th be with you. It is May 4. And may I just say you right now, take it to the bank. Ross Lyon will be coaching an AFL team. And take it to the bank. I believe it will be in 2022. Money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Alrighty, here's your chance. What's that? What have I got in my hot little hand? That looks like a Powerball ticket. And who bought that Powerball ticket? I'm guessing it was... Was it Paul from... Please. Sales House Please. No? Please. Geordie? Please. Hutchie? Please. <laughs> who do you reckon bought the ticket? Uh, was it your good self, guys? Where did I buy it from? The local. The local lucky shop. Okay, the local lucky. Now, this is not Julie and Dave Rogers from Eaton Fair who have been supporting Lotto on SEN Spirit with great results. Mm. Dave and Julie Rogers, who down there on SEN Spirit with, of course, the wonderful Nay, who does breakfast and used to do Goss Lotto. It's now called Lucky Lotto, right? They are they are the winningest Lotto agency. They're the best. 13 First Division winners. At Eaton Fair. Oh, that's bloody good. So I'm going to drive down there and get my ticket in future, but I'm giving my they're local. The one more, they're the king. Uh, one more. One more chance. And this is in the $8 million draw tonight. The Powerball. And we're guaranteed the Powerball because we've got a power pick. That's huge. What does that get you, the Powerball? Just, just extra. That means you get you can win the top prize. You can't win the top prize unless you get the power. So you get the power ball guaranteed, and, and then, then you all the other Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. So we're in it. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. If you want to be in it, anything more than five hundred dollars, we divide amongst the masses. Anything less goes to our charity, Ronald McDonald House. And I can tell you here right now, you've got to tell us who you are and where you're listening. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. I'll get on to Mike of Woodland's tweet uh, text in a moment. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Last night there was some soccer. I want to get some soccer scores, please. And how did Portsmouth go? Carabao Cup. I'll find out how Portsmouth went for you in a moment. But there were plenty. Of goals last night. Arsenal, you'll be guilty. Finally got a win against the mighty West Bromwich Albion. 6 yeah. 0 to the Gunners. That was a very strong Gunners team and a very weak West Brom team. Yes. Because they're focusing on getting out of back into the Premier League. That's right. Whereas Arsenal is focused on getting into form. Can you kill the music, please? This does not require music. <laughs> I love this tune, though. <laughs> uh, 
hat-trick to the striker, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who has been in yeah. putrid form for quite some time. So it was good to see him get back on the score sheet Six for nil. Arsenal. 6-0. Southampton, Newport County. 8-0. Southampton. To the Saints, yes. And Newcastle and Burnley, a nil or draw there, really? went to penalties and Burnley got through 4-3 oh, on wow. pens over Newcastle last night in the League Cup. Okay, thank you very much. There it is, our man. I didn't – did I introduce you? Uh, no. Yeah, I did earlier. Yeah. Did. Oh, yeah, earlier you yeah, did. Yeah, I did, yeah. Hey, Tony Booty's going to join us out of the 10.30 News. He's the Sport and Recreation Minister. We're going to talk about the AFL Grand Final, Bettersloe Cup, and a whole range of other uh, monies being spent on sport here in WA. Big Chelsea fan is Tony Booty. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Now, the reason Ross despises the WA media is because of how you were all so pissed off that no one knew of his appointment before it happened. No, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. Come on. Come on, Mike. And couldn't give a rat's toss bag about when he was appointed. Anyway, no one got the scoop of Harvey sacking and Ross's appointment. Well, I'll, but at 10 minutes to five, it came across my desk at Channel 10. And I can assure you at five o'clock, I was on the television announcing Harvey's sacking. And not only that, we were also saying that it would be Ross Lyon. So, uh, Mike... I'm sorry, my dear friend, to put you back into the shade, but you're wrong, and normally I like what you have to say. There was a full-on attack in his first press conference as coach. It was so badly handled, it was a joke, because Mark Harvey's manager was the same manager as Ross Lyon. That's why it was untidy, and that's, that's why it was messy. That's messy. Anyway, but anyway, Mike, it's okay. It is okay. The fact is that Ross Lyon is going to coach again. I think that's great, and he's got all the ducks lined up in the media in Victoria but they will eventually have to see how it all works because bottom line is when he come across here, they go, oh, isn't it great? And he's in the press conferences. Isn't he quirky? Isn't he funny? Isn't he? Fantastic. I absolutely agree. But there were downfalls and pitfalls of his, uh, of his tenure here at Fremantle that we all know what they were. We'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get some news away. We'll come back with Tony Booty next. It's 27 away from 11. Sporting Goss. Well, it's a fair bit going on in the landscape of sport and it engages right here in WA with the news that – Perth, Optus Stadium is on standby if the AFL Grand Final can't be staged in Melbourne. And a man I'm sure is happy with that, albeit it's a handball over the top, is the Minister for Sport and Recreation, also the Minister for Finance, Land, Citizenship and Multicultural Interests. It's Tony Booty and he joins us on Sporting Goss here on SENWA. Tony, I'm not too sure what the emotion is. Um, Some sort of glee, but you can't be boasting about it. Uh, Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, it's an interesting feeling. Obviously, really excited that uh, we're only a, a step away from having the uh, grand final of the AFL being played here. But, you know, generally, my thoughts do go out to our, our friends and cousins in uh, Victoria and Melbourne. Uh, they're going through a really tough time and have for the last 18 months. But um, if we are to, to host it, we'll do justice and put on a great show. Very much so. I heard the Premier this morning elsewhere saying that Queensland paid $20 million to host the grand final last year at the Gabba. Nothing from WA apart from a, possibly a packed stadium, the public transport along with the ticketing. So really, it's what you deliver for the money that uh, will keep the, the, the fans in and the AFL will, get the, will reap the benefits. Oh, exactly. And, um, you know, obviously it's going to be a capacity uh, crowd, 60,000 in the fantastic Optus Stadium. So obviously that is a commercial win for the AFL and it's a great win for the state of West Australia, which really, you know, this in some ways is a reward for the past 18 months, 19 months of um, 
complying with our COVID uh, rules. And, um, yes, let, let the show go on. Yeah, it's not a time to boast, though, is it? We're, we're, the more no. I read on social media, I'm hearing it from expat West Aussies who are frustrated, and then you get the, mm. the element who say, oh, you know, you can let football teams in, but you can't let mm. um, you know, Mary come in or John come in to see their families. Mm. I mean, where's the line drawn on this, Tony, and, and how yeah. much of a discussion is this amongst the government and the health officials and also yeah. the, and you and, uh, and the Premier? Yeah, look, I mean, I completely understand the frustration and, and disappointment of people that want to come back to Western Australia uh, who, who, you know, in New South Wales at the moment. I understand that completely, but really this is different. I mean, AFL has been played in under COVID conditions in WA for the last 18 months where we have allowed teams to come in from uh, states that uh, uh, we have a ban. And that's because they've followed a strict procedure of quarantine. Uh, we've had what they call these dirty matches where they've been in quarantine, go to the ground, play, and then off uh, interstate. So, you know, we have followed strict protocols. This, of course, is an incredibly important event in the annual calendar of sport in Western Australia, we in Australia, actually. And to have that final in WA is fantastic. And it's got to be remembered when we look at New South Wales, it's really doing it tough and it's very alarming, the figures coming out of New South Wales, that, no, that neither of the New South Wales team have been based in uh, New South Wales for some time and um, they had uh, no games have been played in New South Wales since uh, mid-June. So, you know, all the precautions have been taken and as a Premier and the Health Minister have said time and time again, this game will be played under our strict COVID policy rules. Um, if we, if their teams come here early enough to do the 14-day quarantine and then we can enter the grand final parade, that will be fantastic. But if not, it will just be the grand final on the day. Tony Broody, the Sport and Recreation Minister online. Let's turn our attention to a couple of others. We were meant to have had the Bledisloe Cup uh, wow. Game 3 here. What's the standard? What's the process now? We're led to believe it's going yeah. to happen. Do you, are we any closer to a date? Well, look, it was, uh, as of yesterday, it looked like it was going to be early yesterday. It was going to be the 5th, so Father's Day, the 5th of uh, September. But um, now, because the AFL is not 100% sure in regards to the uh, the format of the semi-finals and the uh, pre... Well, it'll be the semi-finals at that stage and the game's being played in Tasmania. Mm. We're just not 100% sure because uh, they have the rights to the Optus for the 3rd, uh, 4th and 5th. So it may have to be played on one of the other days. And also there's some other quarantine issues that we have to determine with uh, New Zealand. So uh, have to get the tick off from the Chief Health Officer and then see if we can work out with the AFL... Um, the availability of the stadium. Yeah, well, as they say, sleeping's cheating, and they got caught at the wheel, uh, unfortunately, for them mm-hmm. uh, with the, the New Zealand Rugby League, uh, Rugby Union team. $35 million to upgrade the HBF Park. It's a wonderful stadium. Mm-hmm. It just needs a bit of a spruce up, just in time for the, yeah. the Women's World Cup. Oh, really exciting about this, Tim. I mean, the, the, the Women's FIFA World Cup is the third most watched event in the world after the Olympics and the FIFA Men's World Cup. So 2023, we'll have at least three or four teams here. Uh, they'll be playing on that great uh, HPF uh, Park Stadium. Yep. Um, yep, $35 million, which will go to upgrading the stadium. So it should be a great world event. Where is the State Football Centre being uh, now under construction, mm. 32 and a half mil? Where's that? Yep. 
Well, that's in Queen's Park, and the uh, construction has started on that, and uh, that will be completed in time for the FIFA World Cup. So we, we would imagine one of the teams playing in Perth will use that as a host uh, training venue. Uh, that That's a state-of-the-art facility, which will really help the uh, development of the uh, world game in Western Australia. Spoke to Christine Matthews a uh, couple of, uh, last week, in fact, on the Wacker improvements. We're excited about that and the soil turning there. Um, uh, the City of Perth and the Lord Mayor not keen to give money to a pool. Um, is there going to be a pool at the new Wacker Proof Stadium? Well, that's an interesting question, uh, Tim. I mean, I just uh, the other day, I think the Lord Mayor is now saying that it'd be a good deal for the uh, city to actually <laughs> pay the 25 mil to build a pill. Uh, <laughs> there, there, was a, there, there was an agreement. There's an agreement between the state, uh, the uh, local government, the city of Perth, that is, and the federal government. Uh, as part of the city deal for the pool to be built and the uh, various contributions to be made. So we are, of course, still working through that. When I grew up, I was a Perth Azuri fan. We had Perth Azuri, we had Spear with Del Martino, we had uh, Morley Tricolori and Florida Athena, and they've got a big celebration this weekend. Massive. I'm really looking forward to uh, going to the uh, 70th anniversary of Florida Athena, which has been a great uh, football club in Western Australia for so long. Of course, has its uh, Hellenic uh, Greek uh, origins. Had to, I was going through last night the nominees for the uh, the greatest uh, Florida Athena team. They have been some outstanding players yeah. that have gone through Florida. They're obviously led by Stan Lazaridis, but. Uh, uh, there's been many others, many uh, Socceroos that have played there also. So really looking forward to that event uh, this Saturday night. Yeah, 70th anniversary commemorations at the Florentina Football Club on the weekend. One from left field for you, Tony. Tony Booty, our guest here on SEN Sporting Goss, right around Western Australia, the uh, Minister for Sport and Recreation. I thought I remember growing up that when Subiaco and East Perth were at lead of a Loval, and they were putting up the limestone walls. It was going to be what we described as and what the WA Football Commission described as the footy uh, home of excellence or it's going to be the, mm. the centre of football development. Mate, it mm. needs some help and it needs it fast. Is it somewhere on the agenda that we do not – because our waffle clubs are waffle clubs and I get that. I know the Perth yeah. Football Club, uh, a club that I know you have a, a great interest in, is uh, going to uh, look at um, – uh, of their de- their development, I think it struck a mm, snag mm. with their local council last week. But yep. bottom line is that we don't have a home of excellence. We don't have we have Optus Stadium. I get it, no. but that's a mm, one off mm. grand final. Is there something in the pipeline that can be done where we can attract our sixteens and our eighteens and our mm, our mm. girls and our pathways for the future of a ground that um, really um, can look forward to the the future of the and not just rely on those waffle clubs to to do their best, so to speak. Yeah, look, Tim, that, that's a really uh, very important question that you've asked. Look, it's not on the radar right at the moment. Uh, the, as far as I'm aware, the West Australian Footy Commission hasn't come to government in respect to that. They may have. Uh, it hasn't come across my desk in the short term I've been the minister. But obviously, it's something that needs to be looked at. And hopefully with the two AFL clubs uh, uh, helping financially, that may we may be able to do something in the future. But I've got to say, it's not on the pipeline now. But in regards to... Um, you know, leadable over the, the former home of the um, West Perth um, uh, Cardies. Uh, yeah, look, there's, there's no doubt there needs to be some work done. The East Perth Football Club does have some ideas. I think they're trying to work with the local government 
before they uh, seek uh, further interest um, in regards to developing that area. Alrighty, area. let's hope it can happen. I think it's just one part that seems to have been missed in translation. If mm. we can support all these other sports, and our main breadwinner, I think, predominantly is certainly AFL stroke waffle and the pathway to the future. I think we do need some sort of home base now that Subiaco has long gone. Hey, appreciate your time. Just did the last one for our listeners today. So what should we be doing as a state right now knowing full well that we are still looking for the final tick on the AFL Grand Final mm. here at Optus Stadium. What should we be doing? One, should there be a celebration now or should we be just tread carefully? And, and what's the message to the to the general public? Look, I think we still need to wait for the official tick-off uh, mid-next week, I believe, uh, if Melbourne's decided that, you know, it's decided that Melbourne can't hold it. Look, I think when, when that happened, we should be very excited. We should celebrate it. We should applaud and congratulate each other because, really, it's because we're a safe state that we are holding the grand final for 2021. Let's hope it stays that way. Appreciate your time, Tony. I know you've been very, very yep. busy, but thanks for sharing some time with our listeners here on SENWA. No problem, Steve. Good on you. There's Tony Booty, the Sport and Recreation Minister. He's also the Minister for Finance and Lands and Citizenship and Multicultural Interests. He's a jack of all trades and he's a master of all. We appreciate his time on Sporting Goss. <laughs> Get your motor running Head out on the highway Won't you be wild Ah, it's a Thursday and that means we check in with our man from Tickford Racing, Tom Randall. He's still in lockdown. He's doing it tough. But I tell you what, he was one of the stars of the E-Series and it started last night and I would, I could lie to you and said I watched it, but I had other things on, but I know you went pretty well. Can you share with the listeners how, how you went? And what is the E-Series, if you may be so kind? Firstly, good morning, Goss. Good morning, everyone. Um, well... I reckon I would have gone a lot better if you had been watching. Yeah, so sorry. I think next week you're going to need to set your <laughs> set your alarm a bit later yeah. so you can go to bed later. But yeah, look, yeah. the racing was was good fun. Uh, we finished up uh, P10 after it was a it was a crash middle of the race that I couldn't avoid. But the E Series is it's actually a really good way for us to stay sharp. And unlike many other sports, with with supercars or with motor racing, people can actually set up simulators where we're basically in the same environment. We've got the steering wheel. Uh, we've got force feedback in the wheels so we can feel what the car's doing. And we've got the pedals, the gear stick. And then with the most people have like a three screen setup. So it's really like you're in the race car environment. Unlike, you know, if you're playing basketball or soccer, you can't really simulate those things. But with the technology these days, you can be in your simulator, your racing simulator, and you can be racing against people all around the world. And, and it works really well because last night we had some wild cards. We had Oscar Piastri, who's the current F2 championship leader. He was racing from the UK. Uh, we had Richie Stanaway racing from New Zealand. And then the rest of the drivers were, were all from around Australia. So it's pretty amazing how you can race other cars in real time and you can chat to one another. And supercars had it all broadcast across uh, Fox Sports. It was on 7 Plus and it also was across their social media, so their Facebook and YouTube. So it was, well, it's really the, the closest thing to the real thing, but it's really all we can do at the moment because well done. of all the uh, yeah, COVID restrictions. Well done. So you were at, uh, you peaked at 7th, ended up 10th, uh, you blew an engine, um, but at the end of the day, uh, you, the, the pit crew will be working overtime to get the car ready for the next series, which is next week, yeah? 
Yeah, well, firstly, I've got to thank the, the crew because they managed to do an engine change in about eight seconds. So <laughs> I don't know what, what their team managers, I don't know if they're feeding them, but I'll tell you what, to do an eight-second engine change is bloody impressive. Uh, so, very good. yeah, like you said, we're, we're, we're back next week. Hopefully we won't need another engine change because I reckon they're going to be absolutely stuffed after that one. But we're back at, I think it's Pocono Raceway, so another another speedway and... Should be good, fun. So same time, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock or 7.30 local Melbourne time. So it's about 5.30 uh, Perth time. Okay. So it should be good. So we're doing that. It's six rounds, so five to go. So right. every week from, from here. So Solid yeah, start. That's enough self-indulgence for one day. Well done to you. <laughs> uh, F1 resumes in Spa. And we're looking forward to it. And, uh, of course, being uh, one-eyed West Aussie and uh, being a, a Daniel Ricciardo fan, we're looking forward to some improved performance uh, after the break for him. Absolutely, and, and Spa's a track that he's had numerous success at, uh, mainly when he was with Red Bull. So we'll be good to see what he can do. And, I mean, it's the first race race back after, like you said, a, a four-week break, and uh, Esteban Ocon going in as the, the most recent race winner. Yeah. So that would be a pretty cool feeling for him. He's going to have a lot, of, a lot of press, I think, on the Thursday. But it'll be great to see that championship fight reignite between Lewis Hamilton and, and Max Verstappen. So... Yeah, we'll see whether the, the downforce of the Red Bull will pay off or the or the horsepower of the of the Merc will pay off. So gonna be certainly an exciting race. And normally always is at Spa, isn't it, really? And we let's go to the oval racing as well. Last week, Scotty McLaughlin just didn't quite finish in the top three, but a solid performance nonetheless. Look, to get top four is, is seriously impressive and, and like we've spoken about, Goss, he's he's sort of had a bit of lack of form over the last few rounds. He he's been struggling a little bit. And, you know, it's hard to get back that confidence as a race driver. And certainly after a result like what he had last weekend in Illinois on the super speedway there, it's, it, it's fantastic for him. And it's only going to boost his confidence for the remaining rounds. I think there's only about five rounds to go. So um, now looking forward to, to seeing how he goes. And, yeah, he'll be wrapped with that. I mean, he started, I think, just outside the top 10, kept his nose clean. And it was a pretty wild race, a lot of, lot of carnage, a lot of cautions. So, to keep your head cool, in a, I think it was a 260 lap race, wow. so it was yeah quite a long, long race on the on the oval. But he'll, he'll be very happy with that performance going into the next round. Good chat, Tommy. Appreciate it, Tommy Randall from Tickford Racing. Stay safe, uh, get plenty of uh, practice there, mate. And more importantly, uh, let's hope that uh, lockdown eventually you get some freedom over there in Victoria. And uh, albeit looks like the AFL Grand Final is going to be over here at this very venue here at Optus Stadium. Uh, don't want to rub your nose in it, mate. But the fir- first things first, stay safe over there, and hopefully life gets back to normal soon. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully you don't you don't fall asleep for the Grand Final, okay? <laughs> mate, all you have to do is text me and say, mate, I'm, I'm on the start grid. Can you tune in? All right? I'll do that. Next week, get me about 20 past hey, five. Hey, your phone's going to be on silent. Your phone will be on silent. Yeah, no, that's a very good How point. can you be falling asleep at half past five? Mate, that's, I'm old. Early. I'm doing? old, mate. <laughs> I'm old. I'm not like you, you whippersnipper. Ah, very good. I could have a coffee for a reason. Yeah, I do love coffee. I do love coffee. Uh, good on you, mate. Good chat. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Good man. Tom Randall from Tickford Racing joining us each and every Thursday. We talk motorsport. So the E-Series, it was a great effort by him. I mean, I know he uh, probably was very humble and understated, but it was a pretty good result for him finishing in the top 10 after a prang. Also, the F1 resumes this weekend, and well done to Scotty McLaughlin. We love our motorsport here on the Sporting Goss. Three past 11.
Another hour to go. Still to come, Ben McKinley. Remember yesterday's guess who? Who am I? Ben McKinley, the West Coast Eagle, leading goal kicker. Kicked seven in the game against Essendon. Only got the two votes. Went to North Melbourne. He's a lawyer now, and he's a big lawyer too. He's a partner in uh, in a law firm based in Melbourne, and he'll be joining us. We'll track him down and see how he's how he's going uh, in life after footy. He's got a, a story to tell. Just repeating that news that Carlton has parted company with David Teagan. He left the club this morning. We've got some names for the syndicate. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Glenn, you're in the syndicate. So to Steve from Eton. Benno, you're in. Pete. Stazza, who's listening in Leonora. Hello, Stazza. On the app. Good on you. Fantastic stuff. Don't forget, you can always download the app for those who are listening on SEN Spirit. Download the app. Go back through the podcast. Listen to some of the interviews that you may have missed uh, and also all the other shows on SEN. Mick Clark from Bunbury on your Mick. Ray in Waruna. Let's hope it's our turn. Great show, Tim. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for your support. If you want to be in the syndicate, 0487 736 Powerball tonight. We are in the $8 million draw. Yes, all you have to do is text in who you are and where you're listening. This is not the Dave and Julie Rogers Eaton Fair Syndicate, the uh, lucky lotto with Nay. This is Goz Lotto right here. We're trying to get a winner tonight, but Dave and Julie Rogers over there at Eaton Fair do a great job as well. Still to come, Ben McKinley, get your pens ready as well because Life of Riley will try to find us a winner or three for Saturday at Belmont Park. But now it's time to talk winner. This is where he has to surge. Ben Popham of Australia. He's up to Dubrov. Michael Hensarkis is there as well. Popham looks to be moving the better of them. He looks to have the lead. Lane two's the danger. Zhu, the Chinese athlete. Lane six, two, Nikolaev. But Popham's in front and swimming well. Lane six is coming. Nikolaev, Popham gets it. Get it. He held them up. It. And gets oh. his goal. Oh, look at him. Look at the emotion. Oh, God, I have to pay myself. Let it out, Oh, dear. Now I can't see. Hang on. The tears are flowing in the commentary box, and I feel like they are at the pool and Joondal up as well. Goal for Ben Poppin. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks to Seven for the coverage. And it was a highly emotional night. It was great to view. Great to see the family, of course, up there and all the other friends and family and other swim clubs watching up at Joondalup. And Ben has been kind enough to join us from Tokyo, fresh from his Paralympics gold medal last night. Remarkable performance, young man. You should be incredibly proud. Yeah, look, it was a cracking race and one that I'll definitely think about for a while. Um, yeah, it's super special. So, Ben, you're in the water. Obviously, it was the S8, of course, uh, 100 metres freestyle final last night. You were the fastest qualifier. What was your, what was your in between your, your, your swim to make the final and the final, how were the nerves? How were you expecting to feel? And how were you when you were on the blocks and ready to dive in? Yeah, look, I think heats were really important first off, just to blow the cobwebs out. I think the um, the first race of the meet is always a tricky one, just to gauge conditions and, you know, get your processes right. But in between, 
uh, the heats in the finals, I was actually okay. You know, I got a, a 90-minute nap, which was somewhat of a luxury that I usually don't get. But, um, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty okay until uh, Rowan won gold in the, in the 53. I think that's when it really kicked in. And um, that's when it, it became, like, pretty real. And I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff and, and support staff can tell you the same. Um, and then, look, yeah, I, I'm not usually one to get super nervous around a race, but I think this one was a bit different just because the stakes are obviously so high. So... Um, yeah, it was a tricky one for me. Um, and on the block, I was, I was surprised I wasn't visibly shaking, to be honest. But, um, yeah, you know, it was a, it was a cracking race. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was a cracking race. It was a golden night in the pool for Australia. Will Martin in the 400 freestyle, of course. The uh, uh, Lakeisha Patterson, yourself and Rowan Crothers uh, getting the gold, which was absolutely brilliant. Of course, uh, Alex Tuckfield uh, picked up a medal as well, I think. Uh, now, just, just, just can you let our listeners know your disability, um, Ben, if you can? Yeah, sure. So the uh, official name is diplegic cerebral palsy, but that basically just means I've got cerebral palsy, uh, which is primarily in my legs. So um, what CP does is basically just makes your muscles really, really tight. Um, You also just have coordination issues in general. Um, So it just makes everyday things sort of more tricky and, and difficult to do. Yeah, very much so. My uh, my nephew Toby Anscombe has uh, CP as well, and and uh, with a lot of help and support, he gets around. But he's certainly no gold medal swimmer, and that's where you are slow to start. It's the power off the blocks. We saw a lot of the swimmers last night. You were almost the last swimmer in the water. Uh, was that slow reaction time, or is that just lack of power due to the legs? Yeah, that's, that's definitely lack of power due to my legs. Uh, you should have seen my start in like 2017, 2018, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, we've really put some good work into the start, um, you know, the last 12 months. And I think that's really shown. I think I would be even further um, behind the pack uh, a couple of years ago. But um, obviously the start doesn't help and, and getting up to speed is a bit difficult. But once we get going, we get going. So um, it's always going to be the second 50 for me, which is the interesting one. Um, and we and we're doing what we can about the first fifty, but uh, you know it was good enough on the day. So um, yeah, just super stoked. Yeah, don't change anything, mate. That's <laughs> that's what I wouldn't yeah. be worried about it uh, because <laughs> you've, got, you've you've got them looking over your shoulder. Uh, ben, how many other events are you competing in? Uh, individually, I've got the four hundred free uh, on day seven, so it's day two now. Um, and we've got both relays as well. So the 4x100m freestyle relay um, and the 4x100m medley relay. Okay. What's your expectation in those events and, and, and the other event in, in the 400? Look, I'll, I'll never say never for the, uh, for the 400 free, but I do feel like it is a bit too far for me. I do sort of, you know, tire over the 400 metres. Um, but, you know, relay-wise, I think we're in a good, a good shot for, for a medal. Again, I think all the boys on the team, uh, especially the relay guys, are, are really performing at the moment, and that makes me super excited to get in the water with them. Um, so, yeah, I would just say look out for the relays as well. Um, and I think we're in, a really good, or in with a really good shot for both of them, to be honest, Dan. Uh, what about the, the, the life in the village? How are you, how you enjoying that? Yeah, it's good. It's it's super special, isn't it, really? Because you, you sort of see athletes from all over the globe and um, there's also that just shared understanding of what it took to get here and, and it's always going to be magical. You know, we did, um, the Australian team did a, a sort of a mock opening ceremony, obviously, because we couldn't have been there due to our COVID, uh, COVID reasons. But 
that was super special just seeing everyone in their um their opening ceremony gear and and really getting the uh the games kicked off to a good start um but yeah it's 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 a dream come true and it's it's the real being of the village it was lots of tears last night for you and your mum and your family and everyone at Joondal up. Um, have you spoken to them and uh, and did you get much sleep with the medal last night? Uh, did you get much sleep last night after picking up the gold? Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've spoken to uh, to, the, to the parents and the coach and that was always going to be an emotional phone call and it was. Um, and in terms of sleep, uh, well, I, I'm rooming with Rowan, who obviously got the gold in the 50. So between both of us, we probably got about three hours sleep. So it was terrible. We were tossing and turning all night. Couldn't get a, couldn't get a wink. Uh, fantastic. Ben, you, uh, ben you, 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 there's a beautiful photo of you. You've probably already been sent this on your phone. A beautiful photo of you under the... Uh, in the in the water with your the tears, your arm above the water, and what amazed me, young man, is when you took off your bathing your, your swimming cap, you've got the big head of hair, you've got the you've got the mullet going on. Yeah, look, uh, it's definitely uh, a decision to be made. A lot of the guys were you know shaving their heads um, <laughs> in prep for this, but you know. I, I, every time I'm doubting the long hair, I, I sort of look back at photos in 2019, 2018 when I sort of went for the shorter style and you just can't top the long hair, can you? The lots of locks, uh, there's something about them. I just couldn't get rid of it just yet. Uh, good on you, Popham. Hey, congratulations from everyone in Western Australia. I'm sure you've been inundated with uh, with media inquiries, with interviews, with lots of love from friends, family and the swimming community. Congratulations. All the very best over the rest of the journey over there in Tokyo and to the rest of the team. A great first couple of days. So much to look forward to. And let me tell you, mate, we are on this Paralympian bandwagon big time over in Tokyo. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Jim. Look after yourself, hey? Yeah, good on you. There he is there. Ben Popham, he's a gold medalist at the Tokyo Paralympics. What a beautiful young man and beautiful scenes last night after storming home. And, yes, lacks that power off the blocks because of his legs and his disability, his uh, cerebral palsy. But I can tell you, he flies home. He is a machine. Uh, Beck is on the app. Hello, Beck. Thank you. Put me in for lotto. You can be in the lotto. No worries at all, Beck. Twinkles is in Alchemos. Show me the money. He wants to be involved. Mark from Collie listening on SEN Spirit and Brad from Geraldton again listening in on the app as always. Good on you, Brad. Keep up the good work. Let's get some money, of course. So if you would like to be in our Powerball Syndicate for tonight, simple fact is all you have to do is text us and tell us where you're listening, 0487 736 736. Don't forget, you can always call us. If you've got an opinion on Ross Lyon and David Teague, the phone lines are always open too. 131255. 131255. Yesterday, we spoke, uh, asked you to enter our Guess Who. It was Ben McKinley. A bit more on that on the way. We're going to chat with Ben, who is a lawyer and a partner in a law firm now. Life has moved on from his five years in the West and a couple of years at North Melbourne. We'll be chatting with Ben McKinley next. We've tracked him down. It's 14 past 11. If you want to be in our syndicate, 0487 736 736. This is Thursday's edition of Sporting Well, yesterday we did the guess, who, who am I? And these were the hints. Two club player, one game in his first year, two games in his last year. Kicked seven in the game, but only got the two Brownlow votes. Uh, was a leading goal kicker one year for his club. And at his second club, his first game was against his first club. And we were inundated with guesses. 
And a couple of people were very, very, very clever and they worked it out. They worked through it and they came on air and they told us who it was. And it was Ben McKinley, former West Coast Eagles leading goal kicker. And we've tracked him down over there in Melbourne town where he's gone back to live, of course, and he's a partner at Holding Redlick Lawyers. And unfortunately for Ben and the rest of the Victorian crew, they're in COVID lockdown, but he's kind enough to take our call. Uh, guess who? <laughs> I, I don't know how anyone got it, Josh, but uh, well done to the people who did. They, um, they deserve a really big prize, but I don't think I would, would have got it off those, um, those clues. Uh, they got a carton of LB beer thanks to Gage Roads, and they couldn't get here quick enough to uh, collect it. Uh, mate, thank you. Thank you for taking our call. I'm, we're just going to do a bit of a, uh, a journey of that. The seven goals against Essendon, round 19, 2008. What? You only got the two? I was um, I was watching the the I got invited to the Brownlow Medal late, but I'd already booked my uh, trip with my now wife, and so I didn't didn't go. Uh, and I did watch it, and I got to say I was a little bit disappointed to only get two votes rather than three. What do you need to do? <laughs> Kick seven. Quinton Lynch got the three votes and only kicked one goal. I didn't speak to him again after that. <laughs> the big Q-stick coaching uh, Aquinas College in the PSA over here and doing a pretty good job as well. I see him see him often. He actually works with us at SEN uh, doing some special comments. Uh, a good fella. Mate, uh, great memories. I mean, you had the four years at West Coast before going back to Melbourne and uh, a brief stint at North Melbourne. Uh, just tell us a bit about your time in WA and, and, uh, and your recollections. Yeah, no, I am um, five years in Perth, actually. Um, uh, 2000 and came over at the end of 2005 and left at the end of 2010. Uh, I, I have great memories over there and, and being locked down in our houses now uh, for the longest period in the world, I think, mm-hmm. over in Victoria. I'm, um, I'm actually pretty keen to get back if someone would let me in. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was great, great times. I loved Perth. Um, came back to, to Melbourne after um, uh, sort of, you know, flailing around for the last few years in uh, West Coast and... Um, uh, so came back to, to Melbourne, a few unsuccessful years at North Melbourne. And then went, yeah, came back to Perth. I went back to Perth uh, for half a year to finish off my uni degree and then um, unfortunately haven't been back. But uh, we'll, we'll get back as soon as I can after uh, we're allowed in. Your first game was 2007, round 15 against Port Adelaide. Interesting enough, I, I, I do recall this and I probably should have thrown this in. or would have given up the answer a little bit easier. You got the jumper 27. Some great players have worn 27. Glenn Jackovic, 27. Jack Darling currently sporting 27. Ben McKinley, 27. What a great number. You must have been honoured to receive that. I was. There's, a, there's an odd one out in that. Unfortunately, it's the one in the middle. There's um, Glenn Jackovic, one of the greatest players to have played. Jack Darling carved out a very good career. And then there's some guy in the middle who was pretty unsuccessful. So I'm sorry to Jack and to, to Glenn. Um, we can erase that sort of five years in West Coast history, if you like. 42 goals in that 2008 year. There's only two games that you didn't kick a goal. Um, against Carlton in round, I'm just looking here, Carlton round seven, you didn't kick a goal, and, and Geelong round 13. But, mate, a seven, a four, a three, a five, lots of twos. I mean, it was a pretty consistent year, to be brutally honest. Yeah, I played 18 games, so 42 goals in 18 games. Um, uh, it, it was okay. I mean, we struggled that year. We finished um, second last, I mm-hmm. think, because it wasn't, wasn't a lot of um, opportunity. But, yeah, it was, was lucky enough to, um, to win the goal thing with, um, with with 42 goals and um, and play with some really really great players and and um, you know meet some really good people. West Coast, it, it, well at the time and I'm sure it still is now, is a, is a really great club full of 
fantastic people and that's um you know that's the the thing that i take away from from my time there yeah they're hurting at the moment because they didn't make the finals but still a very powerful club and now based at Lathlane Park with uh, the most amazing facility, and I'm sure they will bounce back. Who were your mates inside that time, mate, when you came across? I mean, obviously, being a young Victorian, you've got to obviously have host families and all that sort of arrangement. What was that journey like to to, to, to get away from the apron strings, come to WA? How did you uh, adjust to that? I was uh, very lucky to have a wonderful host family um, who I, I stayed with for a few years, and um, Matt Spanger uh, also got drafted. Uh, in the same year, and, and Spang and I played uh, Vic Metro together, and we, we formed a good friendship then. So that was um, really helpful for me to have someone that I knew quite well coming over uh, with me, um, and we sort of shared the same journey together. We were both um, injured in our first years. We both had the osteitis pubis, so we mm. got to you know go to the movies and go out for dinner and <laughs> wallow in, in sadness together. Um, and so that was that was nice. But um, yeah, I, I, like I said, built a lot of really good friendships, and um, uh, they remain to to this day, which is which is nice. Now, I'm just having a look at your win-loss record in your time uh, at West no, Coast. No, I don't. No, well, you yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were very good at Subi. You won 11 of 27. You won games at only two other venues. Do you know what they were? It's um, what is now Marble Stadium. Yes, Portland. yes. And uh, did, we, did we Home of footy, Ben. Win it? Home of footy. Did we? You won at the MCG, Ben. Did we really? What was it like, to be honest? You, you talk about great memories and friends and stuff, but, you know, at a club that didn't have a lot of success at the time, um, but, you know, you were, as I said, 2008 was a, a great year for you. Just tell us, what's it like, a, a young man over here? And we've got Adam Chera going the other way now. He wants to go back after four years. Um, you know, that's 10 years beyond the, the time that you went home. Uh, can you understand the pull to go back to your respective states at times for young kids? I mean, Chris Judd did it, but he'd won a Brownlow and a Premiership and had been here seven years. Yeah, I won't compare myself to, to Chris. I think it's more, um, I mean, these, these days, it's more accepted um, leaving clubs. I, I didn't really have a choice. Um, something that probably is relatively unknown is that I was um, about to uh, get the boot from, from West Coast, and that's um, why I got traded back. Um, uh, and so that, that, was, that decision was sort of taken out of my hands. I, I do get the, get the lure, but um, if, if, I mean, West Coast is a really good club at setting up uh, players with networks and with um, with a really good environment. Their player welfare um, department back then um, was outstanding, and I'm sure it still is. It's it's grown, and so there wasn't um, so much that pull to come back because they make you feel like it is your home. Um, the clubs that don't do it as well, of course, are, are going to be um, right for the picking. And um, but but look, there's always the, the the lure of home. I understand it. You've, you've got your friends, and it is a really um, you know, all-encompassing type of um, career. And so to have uh, your schoolmates, or to have your family, or or um, just other you know extended family around you to take the pressure off, and to you know allow you to stop thinking about footy all the time, uh, is is something that I think is really important to to. To some players. Former West Coast Eagle and briefly at North Melbourne, Ben McKinley is online. We are talking about uh, his journey at West Coast after yesterday's Who Am I? The Guess Who, of which you all played along with. Uh, I've tracked it down. It was your last win as a West Coast Eagle. It was your 39th game. It was round eight against Melbourne at the MCG and you kicked the last goal of the game. 
the winner. <laughs> no, I think you're well. I, I think you're well in front at that stage. And I'm having a look at the stats here. If you don't mind, uh, Mr. McKinley, seven tackles, a career high seven tackles on that day for you. Uh, look, I can't say I remember it. You remember the seven goals. You don't remember the seven <laughs> tackles. That was uh, always my motto, and perhaps that's why my career didn't last like, very long. Tell us about your coaches. Tell us about your coaches. Uh, I had uh, so so. Wusha was the coach the whole time at um, at West Coast, and um, Brad Scott for the two years at North Melbourne, uh, and and, and a, a lot of um, really good assistant coaches at West Coast uh, as well. And, and one of them, Tony McHale, who was there during the, the premiership times as a backline coach, um, coached me at East Perth, and um, uh, I think he's one of the most underrated coaches uh, in in the AFL. He, he uh, unfortunately left the AFL system too soon. I think he was fantastic. Um, but but uh, all, all the coaches are great. I mean, they're also invested in in everyone's um, uh, career, which is a very difficult thing to do with so many players on the list. But um, uh, you know, they're, they're all there for the right reasons. And um, uh, no matter whether they've played AFL or not, I think um, you know they're, they're all really valuable in their own in their own right. So, do you still follow the footy? Are you an Eagles man, or have you got an alignment somewhere else? And who does the young fella barrack for? Uh, I, I I didn't follow footy for quite a while after I finished up at North Melbourne, um, and my um, my oldest uh, I've got three three boys. Uh, the oldest one just turned five, and um, I I, uh, I swear I didn't show him my only YouTube clip. I'll, I'll blame this on my wife. She showed him about uh, a year and a couple of months ago, and uh, you know it's sort of been on loop. I, I've then played it on loop every day, since, uh, and he's 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 become mad West Coast. So a uh, oh, good boy. Uh, He's, so he's got me back into it. So we watch it and he makes me put on the, the full West Coast gear and we sit in front of the TV and watch it. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well and truly a West Coast supporter. We're very disappointed. We, we ride the emotions when they win and lose, yep. particularly where the five-year-old, you know, sort of can't control his emotions and they lose and he cries after they try and console him. But, <laughs> uh, no, so, so well and truly back on the West Coast bandwagon and disappointed they haven't made finals. Ah, good stuff, mate. Leading goal kicker, mate. There's nothing to be sneezed at. And I don't. I, I know you finished down the bottom of the ladder, but you still kicked 40-odd goals. The Coleman medalist this year only got mid-50s. I was play- I've been playing in the wrong era. Oh, mate, absolutely. You would have kicked 110, <laughs> I reckon, this year if you do your sums. <laughs> and, of course, a partner at Holding Red League Lawyers and you finished your, your, your law degree over here or your studies over here or whatever it might be. Um, gee, you've moved, you've kicked on in the world, mate. Uh, obviously, uh, how's business? Yeah, I've just um, just got ele- elevated to partner. I've been here for uh, at Holding Red League for eight years Um uh, been a lawyer for seven, so it's uh, yeah, it's been a relatively quick progression. Um, it's a it's a great firm, and um, um, you know, I'm just lucky enough to to have been promoted through the ranks to, to partner. And now the pressure really comes where you've got to bring in clients and make money for the firm. Um, but uh, it's a, yeah, look, it's a it's a big career change. I um, hated it for the first sort of year afterwards because you you know with footy you're out and you're training and you're in the gym and you're around your you know 40 of your best mates uh, and it's so collegiate and then you go to a you know an office environment um, where you're sitting in front of your computer for 12 hours a day and uh, you know filling out timesheets so it's a completely different um, uh, attitude and mindset and career it took a little bit of adjusting but um, I'm, I'm, I'm here now and um, you know Sitting at my desk 12 hours a day, it, it, it um, scares me to think about going out for a run or something. 
48 games, 13 wins, 35 losses, 334 kicks, 192 marks, 158 handballs, 492 disposals, 89 goals, 61, one hit out, and that was when you were playing at North Melbourne, 72 tackles, 72 tackles, 17 clearances, uh, 31 free kicks, 4, 24 against, 2 Brownlow votes, 197 consec- uh, contested possessions, 283 uncontested. You like the outside. 35 contested marks, 42 one percenters. Well played, mate. It was uh, You are a leading goal kicker. You are part of that journey of the West Coast Eagles. You sound like you've got great memories. You start, your first game was when you were 20 years old and 132 days, and it all ended pretty dramatically and pretty quickly, didn't it? 24 years and 121 days. You weren't in the system long, but you still got great memories, and we appreciate your time today. Thanks, Ross. Good to talk to you. Ben McKinley, great story and great uh, sense of humour. And one thing's for sure, a big part of the West Coast Eagles journey. And leading goal kicker. And it was nothing to be sneezed at in a very, very difficult time for that football club to kick mid-40s was an outstanding effort. We appreciate his time. On Sporting Gosson, thanks for your feedback. 0487 736 You wanted to hear from Ben? Well, there you are. We've delivered. Ah, the Kia News, thanks to the wonderful team at the Jones Boys, Bunbury Kia. Hello, Jonesy. Good fella. Great team, great people, and amazing cars. Thanks to Kia, the Jones Boys, Bunbury Kia as well. Could also mention, thanks very much to Ben McKinley. His interview was for McCafe. It's the new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. It is roasted in Melbourne. It's crafted by baristas. It is smooth, rich, with a hint of sweet berry as well. So well done to uh, the team at McCafe, the new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Have we got any money? Anyone got any money? Here comes the money. Here we go. Yeah. Here comes the money. money. Yeah. I've got a ticket. Dollar, 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 dollar. Our numbers are in. Special K, do you want to be in the syndicate? I want to put you in. I reckon you could be the lucky chum. Would you like to be in this one or do you want to wait? <laughs> you wait. You're going to wait. Jackpot will get the 60, do you think? It's $8 million tonight, mate. That's nothing. That's peanuts. You're a complete buffoon. All righty. He doesn't want to go in it, but you might want to because I have the ticket. In my hot little handy. Three, Easy money. Seven, 15, 21, 25, 28, and 31. And we do get the power ball because we've got a power pick. Cost me 24 slides and 20 cents with my own coinage. I know. Do you want to be in our syndicate? 0487 736 736. This is the last call to be in the syndicate. I'm not going to give the number again. 0487 736 736. It costs you nothing to play. We've been inundated with players. No limit today. No limit on the numbers. Anything more than 500 we divide. Anything less goes to Ronald McDonald House as our chosen charity. Thanks to Maccas. They do a great job. Our numbers again are 3, 7, 15, 21, 25, 28, 31. And these power pick is, power ball is guaranteed. But if you want to be in our syndicate, tell us who you are and where you're listening. 0487-736-736. Speaking of money, Riley Morgan, life of Riley. He's eyed off a couple of winners for us. He has been in rare air form. You want to get your pen and paper ready? Because Riley Morgan is just around the corner. Tractor in Spearwood. Have I told you my tractor story? The word I... (laughs) 
tractor in Spearwood. Goslotto, please. All right, tractor, you're in, bro. There we go. Back that tractor up. Zero four. Keep that there. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Last chance to be in Goss Lotto. It's twenty two to twelve. This is Sporting Goss on a bleak, bleak seven and a half degree day here in Perth. This man is red hot, and it could have been so much bigger. The week before, he nailed a $10 winner, Crystal Spirit. He did nail a couple of winners last week as well, Notorious One being one of them. But he was so close to a massive result with Montalina. He just got beaten. I saw his angst on Twitter on Saturday. Riley Morgan, wow, wow, wow. Good day, mate. That could have been a monster day. <laughs> It was one gone begging, that's for sure. It was, uh, yeah, hard one, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, well, it was a very, very good day. And the best part about it, you're building up a very nice following here on the Sporting Goss. We get people texting, we miss life of Riley, what's his winners? So we're going to have to put them out on our socials straight after you've gone to air today. Uh, Let's get our teeth into it because we are heading to Belmont and who knows what the track's going to be. Of course, at the moment, it's on a good four. There's a little bit of rain around. I'm looking at the forecast. Uh, you know, one mil here, one mil there. So I don't think it's going to be affected. It might get itself into the slow range, but the best part, I don't think it's going to be too bad. Where do we go first? I think it's race two in the program. We're looking at Giant Leap. Yeah, I thought he was uh, really unlucky last start behind Notorious One when never really getting into that sort of clear air. The step up to the mile here in a race that really lacks speed outside the obvious leader, Cockney Crew, who will be up top bowling along, as you'd expect. With that considered, I'm expecting Pyke to roll him forward to sit in that sort of first pair back. And Cockney Crew, I feel, maybe lacking a bit of conditioning late, being first up at the mile without his sort of customary trials. And Giant Leap on the minimum with what looks a lovely run in transit can be the one asking all the right questions late. All righty, race two, Giant Leap. Uh, Stan, corrected on this. This is your best bet in the next. Was this horse that you're about to tip us scratched from Belmont yesterday? I'm not actually not sure on that. I didn't. I can't remember seeing his her name in the uh, in the acceptances. But yeah, this just looks for me the best place horse on the card by an absolute mile. Gunmetal Grey. I've been waiting for her to get back onto a good deck this prep because she's not a wet tracker, despite running very well on three very wet tracks at her first three runs this prep. She finds a very weak race and only carries one kilo extra than she did last start in an infinitely stronger sixty plus. The main dangers for me are genuine wet trackers. The bottom four cannot win. And when you look at his form on good tracks from last prep, he's pushed horses the likes of Graceful Girl, Hot Zed and Noble Lawrence. And that sort of form would walk in in this field. The awkward draw doesn't really deter me in terms of what Parnham opts to do, whether that be roll forward or snag back, as I think she'll prove too good for these regardless and really keen. Yeah, it might have been an oversight on my behalf. Probably wasn't in yesterday, but uh, it name keeps popping up somewhere, so it's probably because you're about to tip it as one of your better bets. So that's race four at Belmont on Saturday, Gun Metal Grey. You've got an each way one in race six. Yeah, I initially wasn't overly keen on getting involved here, but when prices went up this morning, I wasn't expecting to sort of see that $9, $10 go up for Red Dwarf. Comes out of a really high-rating 2,100-metre race, went third behind Accelerate, run almost eight lengths faster than the class benchmark. 
that day he's come home in clearly the race fastest last six, four, 200 meter splits after covering extra distance in the run. Drops three kilos from there for his trouble and gets a really nice cushy draw from fourth as a party to potentially even sit a pair closer here with some cover. He's a very lightly raced six-year-old and for me just has the most upside out of all of these who have no doubt already reached their peak. At $9 and $3 a drum, he's an easy each-way investment for me. Okay, each-way Red Dwarf Saturday for Riley Morgan, race six. Red Dwarf, and has got a bit of wet track form as well. I think one of Pinjara a couple of starts ago. And we go to the last, uh, and you like one here, but you've got to watch on another. Yeah, Captain Chaos, pretty obvious on top selection. I think he'll be a lot of pun and sort of best bet of the day or sort of around the mark there. He's a really progressive, talented horse who, again, looks really hard to beat in what, for me, is the best race of the day. To win from where he did fresh with no lead-up trials was quite extraordinary. Gets Chris Parnham back on, gets that burst of race fitness under his belt and you'd think there might be some bigger and better things on the horizon for him moving forward there isn't a lot of speed here outside the leader and with some luck Parnham can probably sit him closer and running and yeah he just looks like he could repeat the dose and you like one else uh, if the if the uh, if it's an on-speed race uh, Joseph as a party could hold the the whip hand yeah on speed's no sort of disadvantage by this stage of the day, then Cliff of Comfort with the run under his belt and a really, really soft lead, even from that gate, is going to be in it for a very long way. Flawless second up record, walks to the front and will definitely give you a massive sight. The weight for me being the only query from being even stronger opposition for the favourite. Alrighty, so race two, giant leap. Race four, the best of the day, gunmetal grey. Each way, race six, Red Dwarf, around $9. Race nine, Captain Chaos with a watching brief on Cliffs of Comfort if it is playing on speed. Now, we are racing at Northern today. Small fields, only a seven-race program. Uh, is there one that someone can sort of line up and maybe play around it with a couple of novelties today? Um, well, um, she's not a betting proposition today at the shorts, but... Uh, I think we might be getting our first look at mm. the WA Guineas champion Phillies future winner in Arcadia Grace, who could be something really special, I think, mate. So not a betting proposition, but nope. just watch her go around and hopefully she wins untouched and okay. makes a statement. Race four, number 11, very short price favourite. William Pike goes up, drawn one, Grand and Alana Williams over the 1,000 metres. So there it is there. More of a watching brief to see that you can see this horse's first start and, as uh, Riley mentioned, chasing bigger and better. Appreciate your time. You're in rare air form at the moment. Uh, how's your footy going, mate? Where, where are the Mighty Tigers next? Uh, we are against West Coast this weekend, mate. So, uh, sadly, that means I might not be uh, having any games this weekend. But uh, moving forward, moving forward, we've got a final series coming up for all teams. So, we'll be thereabouts. No doubt. Uh, mate, we tried to get hold of you a little earlier today. We do. We did get through to your voicemail. We would like an explanation. <laughs> we would like an explanation on this. Oh, hey, this is Riley. Sorry I couldn't get your call. Just leave a message and I'll call you back. Thanks. <laughs> Can you please explain yourself? Who was that? Have you got a little brother? Oh, mate, seriously. If anyone listening can text in and tell me how to, uh, how to change the voicemail, I will be a very, very happy man. So how, how long ago is that? Uh, 2012. <laughs> 2012. Years ago. So it's a good, yeah, it's a good, almost a decade now. So <laughs> <an absolute> shocker. <laughs> good on you, mate. 
Uh, good stuff. If anyone can help Riley out, uh, text us in how you get to change your voicemail. It's not that hard, mate. Even an old, <laughs> even an old bitty old bloke like me or your old man would know how to do it. Appreciate your time. Good chat. Thanks, Goss. Cheers, mate. Life of Riley here on Sporting Goss. Six away from 12. Thanks for your company. Don't forget tomorrow, Gillian Goss for breakfast from 6 o'clock in the morning. Yes, that's us. We'll be up early. I'll do the uh, the fifth day. Gilly will just chime in for a second. Matt Prittis will join us from 6.30 in the morning. The Brownlow medalist and absolute superstar. He'll join us. And, of course, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking all things sport. Oh, of course, it is breakfast done differently. I'm going to quiz Gilly on 1980s music. I gave him a couple of choices last night. I said... World cheese, music from the 80s. What else did I? What was the other option? What? Minnow Cricket Nations. And he said he knows nothing about cricket. I said, oh, well, I won't make that public. But anyway, I just have. Uh, It's five away from 12. Kane Little is the CEO of the beleaguered uh, Carlton Football Club. And, of course, Luke Sayer is the new president of the Carlton Football Club, Luke Sayers. And they have uh, spoken to the media about the departure of David Teague and also the Department of Football Review, the Football Department Review done by Jeff Walsh, Graham Lowe and our own Matthew Pavlich. I'll leave you with this. It does go for a long time, but we'll leave you for the last three or four minutes of the best of of that uh, press conference held this morning. Until six o'clock tomorrow, this has been Sporting Goss. Um, after careful consideration and taking the necessary time to absorb the findings of the review, including extensive consultation with the senior leaders of the football department, it was made clear that the decision needed to be made to part ways with David T, the senior coach, while also Dale Amos's contract would not be renewed. As difficult as these decisions are to make, they were based on in-depth information gathered from key stakeholders across the football department, and we very much appreciate the cooperation of everyone within the club for their honesty, openness and willingness to participate in this process. Luke, this will be the club's fifth coach in 10 years, whoever you appoint next. Now, some board members would have presided over picking each one of those coaches. What should give Carlton members any faith that next time will be different? Yeah, so look, it's 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 not as simple as sort of it's, it's, uh, it's this person's fault or it's that person's fault or it's anybody else's fault. We've conducted a review here and we've got to, we've got to contextualise and keep coming back to contextualising. We've conducted a review because um, we believe that we're underperforming versus the potential of, of our list and the potential of our, of our club. And so we've gone in and we've looked at that holistically and there are some 20 plus recommendations coming out of, coming out of that review. There are learnings, learnings everywhere. And so what we're about right here, right now, is looking at how do we implement those recommendations going forward because we believe the potential of this list is much better than we're seeing on the field at the moment. How extensive were discussions, I guess, with Alistair Clarkson? And is Ross Lyon now the number one sort of favourite for the job? Well, to, to, to be blunt about it, today is, is not the day, John, to, to talk about kind of what may happen in the future. Uh, today is a, is a day to sort of draw a line a line in the sand with regard to the review. We've made uh, a couple of decisions, as I've talked about, based on the data and the findings of the review, and now we're we're implementing going forward and we're getting after those opportunities. Um, it won't surprise anyone that uh, 
come tomorrow, I'll be I'll be in the market looking for the best, most experienced coach um, to bring the potential of our playing list and our club to the fore, uh, and that will that will kick off in earnest tomorrow. Kane, disregarding uh, Ross Lyon, you referred to a smear campaign on Footy Classified last night. Is Ross, given his circumstances and Carlton's policies, an available candidate for the job? And would you uh, consider him and approach him in relation to, the, to this vacancy? Um, I think, as Luke's clarified now, we, we now start the process of going out to search for a new coach. Um, I, I apologise, I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to there around, around a smear campaign. Um, um, all I can suggest is right now, this club will leave no stone unturned to go out there and run a process to find the very best coach. Um, and part of that part of that process will be doing due diligence on, on every single person being considered within that process. So I apologise that I'm not totally across what you're referring to there, but you can absolutely rest assured that we'll no stone unturned to go and find the very best coach. Kane, will the club formulate a selection panel to find the next coach? Again, as I said earlier, uh, we're now starting to get our heads heads around what is the what is the next step. Um, we just don't have the information because the board has not agreed yet what's the process that we're going to do. But we will be leaving no no stone unturned. We want to find a coach that that we believe and have absolute confidence can get the best out of what we think is a is a terrific a terrific group of young men um, that their potential is not yet fulfilled. And so we're going to be we're going to be aggressively pursuing all opportunities. David said last week that the club didn't nail the review process. He said that he wanted more support. He was pretty forthright in that. Is there anything about the last three months and the processes you went through that you regret? Oh, look, I, I just to, to, to just lean into that, if that's how David is feeling, I, I, I empathise and, 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 and regret. And so, you know, if that's, if that's David's feeling and he did express that, I, 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 don't, feel, I don't feel good about that. Um, do I do I think that uh, there were other things that maybe we could have should have done better throughout the twelve week process? Um, like most things in life, you you you're always going to be trying things and learning learning along the way. Um, and there has been some feedback uh, given to given to the board and given to us with regard to how it was conducted, which I I cop and and take on board and will will look to grow from from that ex, from that experience. Um, but. As to how David felt or didn't feel, that would be that would be his his perspective. Luke, it's Sarah Ollie from Fox Sports. I'm just wondering, 50 games isn't a huge body of work. How long is the next coach going to get to get your club to finals, as you say you want to? Well, I think that's an impossible impossible question to to answer, Sarah. Um, you know, the Carlton Football Club is pursuing winning games, getting ourselves into finals and winning premierships. And we will be uh, uncompromising with regard to pushing and prodding all of us, including myself, the board, management, the football department, the entire organisation, to change gears now and lift to a, to, a, to a higher performance standard and a higher performance culture. Um, so we're looking for a, uh, for a coach and we're looking for leaders here at Carlton that will leave no stone unturned in going after absolutely everything to win win games of footy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Yeah, 
Visit tyrepower.com.au now.